Windbreaker podcast where we regularly park wind. My name is Sarah Sloan, and my job is to bring you an interesting, exciting, and thrilling podcast. Hope you're having a wonderful day doing what you do, and I hope those things include breaking wind. That might sound like, but hopefully a little bit louder than that. Thank you for giving me your time, and let's jump into what we have today. All right, I'm here with my father. His name is Mr. Sloan, but I've never called him that. I've always called him Dad. That's a me. Yep. How are you doing, Dad? <laughs> oh, I'm doing pretty well. I've been breaking plenty of wind. Yeah, you're telling me. My goodness. Um, <laughs> it's overwhelming. <laughs> uh, but anyway, um, yeah, we'll just, you know, been living life and quarantining it up. Not really. We both still go to work regularly, so, you know, there's really nothing new. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I'm, you know, I miss going to restaurants and seeing them full, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I miss, even though I never did it, I miss going to Starbucks. I don't know why I miss that. I really, I just miss being able to go to a coffee shop mm. and buy a latte and sit there for three hours. <laughs> I really don't know why I miss that, but, um, how yeah. About the, how about the gym? I really miss the gym. I really do, and... Yeah, I talked about that last episode. I'm worried once I come back, it's going to be really, like, nasty, and everyone's going to be like, oh, you're gross. Because that's I think that's my biggest concern about all that's happening. We are seeing each other as enemies. We're seeing each other as each other's enemies. Like, stay away from me. You have germs. You could affect me. You're evil. And so any interaction, like something loving or respectful, respectful as in a handshake or loving as in a hug is, hey, let's not do that because you have germs and you're evil. And that scares me because I, I'm not even a touchy person. And I still see the need for us to do that and how mm-hmm. important it is. It's almost like everything is suspect <clears throat> yes. and everyone is suspect. You know, when reality... Um, I'm just as likely to have the virus as the person that I'm suspecting. But (laughs) somehow, they're the ones that are suspect. I remember when um, the kids were in school and we'd always talk about, oh, we better not um, have you around the kids that might give you lice. And then we realized, well, what if our kids have the lice (laughs) and are giving it to other kids? And we did a couple times. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So it all starts somewhere. Someone receives and then someone gives. Yeah, we never, yeah, you're so right. We never think, I might be the one. Mm-hmm. And that's with anything in life. Just like, oh, that person's so selfish. Wait, I might be selfish. <laughs> <laughs> it's so it's so funny how we do that. Yeah, really, whenever we hear, you know, messages that um, speak of something wrong, we should always try to look at ourselves and see if there might be some application. Yes. Instead, yeah, they always say that in sermons, like, uh, or even we've done these inner healing things and they say, don't sit next to the person you know, because um, then you're just going to be thinking like, oh yeah, they need to hear this. Oh yeah, they're the ones with the problems. <laughs> Give them the elbow. <laughs> yeah, it's like, are you listening to this? You need this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's always, we uh, are 2020 in our vision of other people. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh, it's mm. so true. Yeah, I see all the problems with people. Mm-hmm. But um, I think the other thing that I'm seeing a bit more of, especially in this time of my life, is I'm seeing uh, the dam- the dangers of germophobia. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that, yeah, we, it's called that for a reason. Yet somehow it's almost seen as a good thing. 
you know? Um, mm. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm a germaphobe. Oh, well, that's good because then you never get sick, you know, things like that. Um, <laughs> well, because of the virus, it's become normative. Yes, everything. <clears throat> like, oh, wipe that down. You touched it. Oh, did, like, are we really going to live that kind of a life? <laughs> we watched The Monk, uh, or sorry, The Monk. Wow. We watched Monk, uh-huh. uh, that really good show. It's on Amazon Prime if you're interested. And basically the premise of it is, um, he's OCD, but he's a really great detective. And so he basically solves all the cases for the police force. And it's a very funny show. But the reason that it's funny is because he's so obsessive. He has an assistant. <laughs> she's always giving him wipes. He won't touch anything. He can't stand like seeing things out of order or whatever. Like the reason it's funny is because it's not normal. And yet now we parade that and we think it's a good thing. I've seen mm-hmm. memes where they're saying, oh, we sh- honestly, we should be like Monk. And I'm like, do we really all <laughs> need to be like that? <laughs> yeah, it's been, that's been glorified now. I guess he was ahead of his time. Yes, honestly. Time. No, instead I see it as, you know, it's called building up your immunity. Has anyone mm-hmm. heard of it? Um, mm-hmm. How about you exercise? How about you eat right? And how about you get enough sleep? And if you do those three things, you will be able to ward off the germs and the bacteria from affecting you as much as if you mm-hmm. don't. Mm-hmm. It, it's just the irony of it all is everybody's thinking that. Yet, what were the foods to run out of Walmart the most? Doritos <laughs> and all the bad foods. That's not going to help your immunity. Right. I heard about a, a choir rehearsal in... Uh, the state of Washington. This was probably early on in the virus. And, you know, it was quite a long rehearsal. They all sang together, and then they broke into groups and, you know, more singing. It must have been at least two hours. Wow. And out of 61 people uh, that were rehearsing in the choir, 52 uh, got the virus. And I think at that point it was believed that maybe only one person it started with. But they also believed it was a key factor in that singing, um, you know, sends out those little microbes uh, very far and very effectively. And they were singing around each other and interacting. I guess they had some refreshments and all kinds of things. So, and, and I guess these were folks who were a little bit older in life. Yeah. Uh, but it was, of course, very devastating. Yeah, that's crazy. I have not heard of that. Um, yeah, and from what I've heard from a doctor in New York, it's basically if you're not around a person, like basically don't stay around a person for 15 to 30 minutes and don't touch your face as much if possible. But that's why I, I kind of scoff at people that are so concerned about going to Walmart because you're quickly passing by people. You're not mm-hmm. standing there talking for 30 minutes, you know, so it's just a pass by interaction and nobody's really able to have that time that the Corona needs to spread. Mm-hmm. Um, even I, who's a bit more on the skeptical side of all of this would have said, Hey, probably not the smartest to do a really long choir practice. Right. Um, and that was probably, before they knew much about, you know, the dangers. And it was just, I guess, you know, becoming slightly aware of it at that point. So it was something they just had that scheduled and they went and did it. Wow. But it really affected those folks. Yeah, for sure. And then you hear, you hear that, oh, it's the older people that are affected. 
And then you hear, no, it's actually the younger. And I'm more of the opinion. I think that um, all of this is just, everyone's just wanting to lengthen this process as much as mm. possible. And um, the, the reality of it all is that we all have to go to Walmart. We all have to go to the grocery mm. store and get food to live. We have to do that. There's no way to avoid that. So no matter what, people are leaving their houses. And whenever you're stuck inside a house all day, you're around all the same whatever germs, quote unquote, and you're not getting sun, you're not exercising or staying healthy. And so I think that all of this isolation and quarantining is actually making the problem larger than it should be versus if we were all moving, all working normally and living out. Yes, people would still be affected, but I think we would actually be shocked with the uh, with the amount of good that it would have done. Mm. I'm just wondering, like in <clears throat> New York City, where it's, of course, about the worst, I guess they all still have to buy groceries. Yeah. And have to get out. I think they shut down the subways, so there's no public transportation, I guess. I don't know how all that works. Oh, that's crazy. Because uh, most folks, at least in the city, don't have their own private transportation. Yeah, of course not. So, anyway, you would think that it would still be difficult for it to spread just because of that minimal um, being outside. But they sure are having a difficult time with it. And I guess almost a third of the deaths in the country are from there. Wow. Yeah, because all the people close together. You know, and I wonder if this is going to make people want to move mm. out of New York. Mm -hmm. And they're just like, no, I'm sick of this. It, it's... Mm -hmm. We're just, you know, we're just people that are stuck in these tiny pods that we call apartments and um, all shoved together in mm. this tiny area. And yeah, they don't get to see nature. They don't get to, it's all street cement. It's all um, just cars and buildings mm. and, except for Central Park. And I, I personally can't, I couldn't do that. It's the jobs, yeah. you know, that keep people there. So if jobs are lost and... They can't be replaced at some point. Those people will probably move out. Yeah. Because you'd have to have one of those good jobs just to be able to pay the rent. Yeah, because it's so much more expensive. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think a lot of people, even they just have to buy their apartments. And mm -hmm. it, it, yeah, it, it's so different than this. We, you know, I take for granted the fact that I can look outside and see trees and grass mm -hmm. and uh, that I can actually walk outside. Uh, of our house and that uh, we can go to get groceries and go back to our house and unload it and walk into the garage and put it in the kitchen and come back. We take that all for granted um, mm. with New York, getting your groceries. That means you have to get a small amount because you can't carry it all. And then you have to <laughs> carry it through the subway and you have to be careful while you do that, that nobody knocks anything out, you know, not even, on purpose, but accidentally no one knocks anything out of your hands or that you don't drop mm. anything or that, uh, whenever you're walking up the steps to your apartment, like uh, we oh. just, we take it all for granted. It would be difficult to live that way. I couldn't, I had a little mm. bit of that whenever I was at OU, just sometimes I go to Walmart and, um, you know, I, I lived in a dorm, so I had to go up steps to get back to the dorm. So mm -hmm. it was similar, similar, mm -hmm. but I also was able to drive, in right. a car, and so I didn't have to do subway, mm. uh, a subway f for transportation. So um, I got a bit of a taste of that, and I just don't like it. <laughs> Can you imagine a couple of gallons of milk? And oh, my god, <laughs> It'd be pretty heavy. 
Yeah, because otherwise you basically have to go every day just to make sure at least it's just one bag. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, I'll get milk today. Then tomorrow I'll get this. And then tomorrow I'll get this. (laughs) Stuff in your backpack or? Oh, man. (laughs) Or like a suitcase, maybe. (laughs) That's right. Yeah, that's probably the best way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay, so I did, uh, this was the first bit of the discussion I did want to have. A weird topic, but I think a very prevalent one, especially for someone like me. Armpit hair. Why do women have to shave their armpit hair, but men don't? You know, the societal pressure of it Mm -hmm. all. There's just sort of images that we have of (laughs) female beauty, (laughs) and they don't include it. Yep, it's true. You know, you think about... At the beach, mm-hmm. women in bathing suits or bikinis, uh, the armpit hair just doesn't go with that. I don't know if we've seen too many models, and they've never had it. Yeah. Maybe too many movies, uh, and the actresses didn't have it. So it's become, it's almost like we don't believe that that's beautiful, we, and therefore that. That's become the standard and everybody, well, all women have had to adhere to it. Yeah, it's true. And I've, I've seen a few not keep mm. up with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, whenever I was in Austin, I remember I was at a restaurant and the waitress did not shave her armpits. And mm. yeah, someone like me, I, I'm a bit more open-minded with it where I um, do kind of question it. And I think it's a little ridiculous, but at the same time, I totally understand the other side and what you were just saying of the, the beauty and that it's not as clean and all that. Uh, but I was even a bit repulsed by that, Mm. uh, just seeing her serve us with her armpit hair. Um, yet of course I see men and I'm not as repulsed by men. Although I do think, you know, why shouldn't they shave their armpit hair? So I think like, this is a bit of my feminist side coming out, but like (laughs) either we all shave or we don't. (laughs) (laughs) it's almost like there's no stigma for men yeah therefore they don't feel the pressure to do so yeah in fact i wonder if it's almost the reverse in other words if men uh, were cleanly shaved in that area if that would look um unusual yeah or feminine or something Mm -hmm. like that yeah Mm -hmm. it's like a feminine not Mm -hmm. masculine thing to do i guess well, I was thinking of basketball played with more tank top type oh, yeah. jerseys. You would see all that very freely. Yeah. I'm not sure for women if they sometimes dress like that. So also you could see. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, like, mm-hmm. you know, with women, women wear dresses mm-hmm. and a lot of sleeveless shirts versus mm-hmm. men don't do that as much. Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. not... You see women's armpits more than you see men's armpits. Mm -hmm. But I will also say this, and this is, you know, very descriptive, but I've seen women and they just shave their armpits and like, it's still gross looking. Like you still see a semblance of some hair there just because what happens, and this is a theory and I think it's been debunked many times, but I also still believe in it because I've seen it for myself. The hair grows back thicker and stronger. Mm. So maybe you shave it and then you have to shave it again faster and faster. So a lot of people shave their armpit hair every single day. Um, This is is just my rule for myself. I don't do it except for once every week. Mm. So that means that I may, if I'm going to wear a sleeveless shirt, it's going to be earlier in the week. 
uh, <laughs> and later in the week, then I won't, because I'm not going to show my armpit hair. I, even though I, I, like I said, do have some of those mindsets. Uh, I just don't want to. This whole topic really is the pits. <laughs> I should have known you were going to use that joke. But I was wondering if that theory about the hair growing back stronger, if it sometimes it comes back kind of like steel wool. Oh, yeah, it gets to that point. <laughs> but also, I think shaving is, like, dangerous. You know, it's it's you're literally using a blade and just, like, scraping it against your skin. Mm. Sorry if that's gross, listeners, but mm. I have cut myself before, and I've bled. And mm. I just, I don't. I don't get why we have to subject ourselves to that. And I, I think it's unnecessary just to have this image and this beauty standard. Um, I think is a bit overblown, especially in the winter. Like if nobody's going to see your armpits, who cares? Mm-hmm. If it's a curly, thick bush, who cares? Um, I wonder if there are any nations or cultures where it's acceptable. Huh, that's a good question. I wonder. Mm-hmm. Um, I also did look up this. Uh, this was on Statistica. No, sorry, I said that wrong. Statista. Oopsie. Um, but basically, it was a study done uh, with about like 600 men, I think. And they were 18 years and older in the United States. And what they saw was that they asked them, you know, do you trim or yeah basically like do you do a complete removal of your armpit hair do you trim the hair or do you just not do any of that so 42 percent of these men said that they neither trim or remove any hair 29 percent of them said i trim the hair and then 29 percent of them said that they do a complete removal isn't that interesting so this was in 2017 in the united states Boy, very surprising yeah i wonder if that is younger i would Mm. tend to think that Older would not touch it. Yeah, I didn't see that. All I saw was that the age group was 18 years and older. Oh, okay. Yeah. I wonder if there's a growing trend to do something about that. Yeah. I mm-hmm. Haven't you heard, I think, maybe in the Michael Phelps age where everybody was talking about swimming, he, I forget if it was leg hair or armpit hair, but he shaved that hair because it helped him go faster in the water. I think it was like hair. Yeah, why would it be that? That wouldn't make any sense for mm-hmm. it to be the armpit hair. But mm-hmm. yeah, it was like hair. But right. I don't want to get, you know, I'll use like hair for another episode. <laughs> <laughs> Can we talk about Joe Biden on that one? Oh my gosh, no. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, we'll include that in the like hair. Um, but yeah, so that, uh, yeah, it is surprising. But I, I think that it's a bit more accepted than it used to be. Mm-hmm. And, um, but with women, I actually couldn't, I didn't search for long, but I couldn't find anything with women because I think it is so accepted. But I know there's been stages where like celebrities like Miley Cyrus have just kind of revolted and gone against the norm and they just like grew out their armpit hair. Mm. So it's just, the the other thing is if you do it, you're just seen as crazy. Um, you're like, oh, she's, it's one of those wacko girls. Oh boy. <laughs> Go letting loose. We hate them. <laughs> right. And, and so, yeah, if you do it, then you're seen as, as a psycho. So Kind of radical. Yeah, yeah. Well, Rebel. Yeah, which I guess is what I am somewhat. Because I do <laughs> it, but then it's only once a week. Um, yeah, So and I don't usually, I'm saying it on this podcast because I can't see people's reactions except for your own. But usually every time I say it to a person, I a lot of times they're like, oh, okay. And they're like, you wear a lot of long sleeve shirts, right? Or they're like, ew, ew. And then I usually begin to uh, say, what? 
what? And then we fight. Um, <laughs> but yeah. I was going to then. You're saving your armpits by shaving them only once a week. I guess I see it that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good way of saying it. And it, mm-hmm. it does curl. I don't know if everybody's curls. Uh, but I usually give it a nice little middle part. I do hairspray at the ends, <laughs> and I, I style it, so at least it looks good. You could braid it. Yeah, I use shampoo. But <laughs> dreadlocks. Yeah, dreadlocks. That'd be good. Um, okay, so the next thing I wanted to get into, um, this was kind of a face palm moment for me. I was discussing uh, the movie Hook. Uh, have you heard of that movie? It, it was made in 1991 with... Rob, uh, Robin Williams pretending to be Peter Pan. Mm, mm-hmm. Basically, the premise of the movie was um, that he was Peter Pan, but he decided to go back. Uh, he So he didn't stay in Neverland, I think. And so he did get older. Um, I think this was a movie that I saw a lot. Like, you know, those if you were in public school, there were always those, always those movies that were just like played over and over again in free mm. time. Like definitely The Sandlot. I remember that. And uh, there were a few others, but Hook, I think, was one of them. So I've seen this movie quite a few times and um, it's a good movie. Like it's fine. It's not my favorite. And honestly, if I don't have to watch it again, I won't. Um, but I was talking with uh, someone and I was just saying, Hey um, yeah, that movie is so weird. There's this one part where uh, he is underwater and then these women come up to him and they just take turns kissing him. And I was just like, I hate that part. It's just so gross and unnecessary. And then the person I was talking to was like, what are you talking about? Those are mermaids and they're giving him air because he's about to drown. (laughs) And I was so embarrassed because I've seen this movie so many times and I was always just repulsed by that part. I was just like, what the heck? Like, why do they have to do that? It's just so inappropriate. He's just making out with all these women underneath the water. And I never once thought what it was that he was drowning and they were giving him air. Uh, So that was just really embarrassing for me. (laughs) And I thought I'd share it on this podcast so even more people can know about my embarrassing moment. No, was it air or was it carbon dioxide? Which ooh, and that would not be much help. That's a good point. And so. also, like they don't breathe air, so why would they have air? Right. If you're in the water, like it doesn't make sense if you really think about it. I think, I and part of me still kind of kind of stands by what I'm saying. I think they just wanted it to be like look that way. Whereas, like, yes, there is a good cause for it, quote unquote, but. They also do want it to be like a bit sexy where he's like, mm. you know, has his lips locked with multiple women because <laughs> he couldn't get any other women to lip lock him. <laughs> so I'm still a little bitter about that, but it was pretty funny. Um, and then I thought of a fun little joke. Uh, so I'm just going to like say it. it's really short. And it's not even really a joke. It's just like a statement that has like kind of a pun. So we'll see how you like it. Winnie the Pooh is like so many singles just looking for their honey. <laughs> <laughs> okay good i got a laugh out of it i thought it was funny because it was just like honey can sometimes mean like their lover or yeah, whatever yeah. and um winnie the pooh is looking for honey so yeah the fact that i just even had to explain it I, is pretty bad but yeah i just thought i'd share it because come on like if a dad laughs at it it's about the level of a dad joke yes it is and i i actually do do a lot of do do um i do a lot of dad <laughs> jokes um so i got that from you thank you very much <laughs> Touch everything you know. Yeah, I think for, like, people always ask me, although if you're, like, if you don't know me and you listen to this, which I doubt that's the case, but people always ask me about where I get my sense of humor from, 
And I, I usually say both because I think that I got my kind of puns and lame humor from you, but then my mom always claims to not be funny, but I don't think that's the case. And she'll usually do kind of crazy things. And mm-hmm. I do that too. Mm. So I think I get it from like the both of you guys, but it just looks different. Cause like mom isn't making any puns like, or jokes that way. Mm-hmm. It's never like verbal jokes. It's just like, she's doing funny things right. versus you. It's always like what you say, but it's usually, it usually falls flat. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot. Yeah. <laughs> It's, in, it's intentional with me. We're going to give each other a high five. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's definitely the case. But moving on there, this is another thing I just wanted to discuss. Sorry. A lot of this podcast is just like, what's been on Sarah's mind? And that's, yeah, yeah hopefully it's interesting. So, yeah, I was having a discussion uh, with someone that I know and... Sorry, and I don't say people's names just because I don't think they just want to be mentioned. Like, that's just weird. So that's why I don't, if you were wondering. Uh, yeah, we were talking about kind of international studies and, or no, like, you know, international students that study here in the U.S. And they were saying, and they know quite a bit about this, so they have credibility. But they were just saying, everybody is always saying that the U.S. has a bad education system. Like in China, it's better and all this stuff. And they were saying... If that's the case, why are so many students coming to the U.S. to study, uh, you know, whether it's high school? Like, I'm in, we are in a small town in Texas, and yet in my high school, we had multiple international students coming. And I just don't remember anyone from my high school going to another country to study Mm. in high school. And then in college, multiple international students. And yet you always hear it. So I even, you know, I even looked up some stuff. Um yeah, so it's like the I looked at this article and it's called uh, the eleven best school systems in the world, and it's on the Independent, which is kind of a UK publication. And they looked at the World Economic Forum that released its global competitiveness report on the state of the world's economies. So then they said that Japan had like a a pretty high score for their education, and then Barbados is that how you say it? Barbados. Oops. Barbados had a good education system, New Zealand, Estonia, Ireland, Qatar. Oh, yeah, Qatar. Oh, wow, I said it right. Uh, Netherlands, Singapore, Belgium, Switzerland, and then first is Finland. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you think of who didn't make that list? The U.S. Mm -hmm. So uh, the U.S. just doesn't... um, appear to be respected on in the economic stage and i hear people say that all the time just like, oh the u.s uh education system sucks blah 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 but then you you wonder why are all these students coming and i never really thought that for myself and so then i even looked up a couple of articles um this one's on i've never actually heard of this qs.com so it's why these four countries attract the most international students and i'm not going to read why they do but uh yeah basically the u.s for the total amount of students, according to the UNESCO Institute for Statistics, July 2014, said that U- the U.S. attracted 74,000, or no, sorry, oops, 740,482 students. So they attract the most international students. UK was next at 427,686, and then France, and then Australia was after that. So this is what they said about the U.S., One of the main reasons why students uh, choose to study in the U.S. is the country's reputation for renowned 
higher education programs. Approximately 50% of the world's top 50 universities are located in the U.S. due to smaller class sizes, highly accredited professors, and advanced technology and research capabilities. So, yeah, it, you know, it's just like really highly esteemed and all these people are coming to the U.S., yet we're seen as pathetic and we're mm-hmm. also dumb. Well, I think there's a definite difference between the high school and the college level. Mm. You know, at the high school, you're dealing with exchange uh, programs. You have to have families that are willing to accept them and so forth. And I think there is a lot of a lot lacking in our high school education. Obviously, there's a difference between high schools in Mississippi and in Boston, mm-hmm. you know, or Massachusetts, Northeast, whatever. Um, there's parts of our country that they're definitely a lot stronger. Um, you could have inner city schools that are extremely weak mm. in some areas of the country. Not just picking on Mississippi. Yeah. <laughs> so... Um, but I, I think one common element with both, and of course at the college level, I think we're definitely stronger than high school and and it's more universally or uniformly good Yeah. and at college level, but just for one thing, you're learning in English. So the language benefit is huge. You know, you return and you have education in English at a high level. Yeah. And that can set somebody up for a good job uh, in itself. So I think that's, um, you know, and just to say that you studied at a, at a U.S. university, I think is huge. And, and even at a high school, it, it's kind of a stepping stone. If yeah. you do the high school thing, then that might lead to something with college. Um, I think the college is much stronger and that can more directly lead to a job. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I think there's a discrepancy, a discrepancy and um, yeah, I think there's a lot that's missing in the high school education in our country yet. I don't, I I don't know. I I think, I, I don't think it's bad as people claim. I really don't. And what, what is the standard supposed to be? How smart are you supposed to be? Like what, what is, what's really expected of you? And it, all of this is so relative. And then also I don't really trust a lot of the countries and their claims or or these studies. Like, what do they know? And I'm sorry with China, I don't really trust anything they have to say. Like according to North Korea, their literacy rate is a hundred percent. And I doubt that completely. Mm. So there's just so many studies that are just out of whack. You know, one thing I think uh, is hard to deny, and that is the whole area of STEM um, subjects and study, mm-hmm. science, technology, engineering, yes, uh, math. So the U.S. is probably much weaker in that, and I think you really do even see that, like at the university level, uh, it's pretty well accepted that large numbers of the students at the highest levels at the best universities are foreign students. Yeah. And I think that's because our high schools are not as strong in that. And and I don't know if it's, it's almost like that has become so established that um, it's hard for there to be many exceptions to it. 
Mm. You know, speaking of Americans that would do well in the STEM field. And Asians almost universally seem to be much stronger. Yeah. No, you're right there. And I think that, like, for someone like me, I always felt that I wasn't the best with STEM. And if I had been forced to study something in STEM, I would have been pretty upset. Uh, and I feel like I wouldn't have performed as well as I did without studying that. I studied public relations and I pretty much got A's and B's. And I don't think that would have been the case if I had to study something along the lines of nursing or engineering or computer science. Uh, so yeah, that, yeah, that's a good way to measure it. STEM and STEM is so important. And I, I recognize that for sure. If everybody's studying gender studies and you know, what would this society look like? And I know that those majors are increasing uh, for sure. But yeah, and, and then also the opportunity in the US is better. And so I think people just want to taste of that and they want to live here for a bit. Mm -hmm. So I, I just noticed that. And yeah, that's why I'm glad I talked to you about it because I think you have a different perspective than I do. And yeah. So in general, I, I think our high school education is um, very spotty at best. Mm hmm. You know, there's a lot of reasons behind that. Um, you can start with uh, the breakdown of the family. Mm. And the breakdown of the family obviously affects performance in schools. Almost every social problem that can affect students, most of them do affect students and they affect their academic performance as well. Yeah, for sure. But there's all kinds of you know, reasons as well. There's difficulty in discipline, maintaining discipline in the classroom. Yes. And that affects learning. Mm -hmm. So we just have, you know, some really terrible problems. You know, the kind of the high school you went to. Yeah. And you could see, you know, probably some of the better teachers that really could have taught at a higher level were spending half their time trying to keep control in the classroom and hardly able to teach. Uh, most of it because there wasn't a desire to learn. You know, so when you're fighting students, you can only teach them so much. Yeah, and that mentality goes to college as well, where mm -hmm. a lot of people, they're just trying to do the minimum possible, and they have a total lack of interest, which in my opinion is much worse in college. Uh, first of all, because you're paying so much money for it. And then second, because you're supposedly studying the thing you want to do for the rest of your, of your life. Mm -hmm. So if you're hating that, then why are you there? And yeah, I saw that. Everybody hated it. They hated any assignment they had to do. And, but then you also, I do have a lot of empathy with that because a lot of the stupid assignments you were doing had nothing to do with the job that you were hoping to do. And uh, so many silly classes that you had to take. Like, why do I need to take biology if I want to do public relations? Unless I wanted to do public relations with some, uh, you know, for a company, a biology company. Mm, mm -hmm. If I wanted to do something like that, I should have the option of studying that class or not, because I will be, I will have been interested in that. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I do think there's also a value for like liberal arts degrees, but once again, that should be optional. Uh, mm, so yeah, there's, mm -hmm. it, there's so much of that, that desire uh, or that lack of, uh, that desire to not learn but mm -hmm. i was gonna say even with professors it gets a little frustrating because everybody can think back to their college time and 
there were some great professors and there were some terrible professors. And I think my problem with that, uh, with professors is, okay, it's this person that they wanted to be a professor or they wanted to be highly esteemed in the um, education world. And so they are total nerds and they, they were able to complete a PhD program. So they know what they're doing. Instead, I saw a lot of people that they didn't love to teach. They loved to research and mm. they loved to study things. So they made terrible, terrible teachers. And the classes with those kind of professors, which I have to say was probably more than half, was just a total drag versus the teachers that you could see that they really desired to teach and interact with the students and care about them. So that that's tough and mm-hmm. because you're paying so much money for them to teach you and they are they're so smart. They they know what they're talking about, but they're terrible at communicating mm. it. That's so true and it's almost like we choose them and we reward them and we um, give them promotions based on their research, mm-hmm. not on their ability to teach when that's what their job is there. Oh, yeah. But uh, just to mention another observation, I guess I can vaguely remember back when I was in college and at a college that was known for being very strong in pre-med studies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you got into that group of students and they all knew where they were going, they were all getting their pre-med bachelors to then go to medical school and they all wanted to become doctors. Uh, There's just a difference in their attitude, their seriousness, um, their desire to learn. There's no slouches because um, if you are, you're out. Yeah. And there was a weeding process there and it it just changed the whole attitude from those who are in gender studies. Mhm. Big difference. Yeah, and I this is very controversial to say, but a lot of those a lot of these social justice majors in my opinion are based on complaints about society and instead with nursing or you know those kind of fields they're trying to help improve inside a society by making sure people are healthy so mm-hmm. um that the kind of people that are going to pursue those certain types of degrees you're going to see different groups there so mm-hmm. you're going to see those discrepancies as you were saying before so you're going to see people that are concerned about others and wanting mm-hmm. to benefit others and uh heal and aid and then with social justice, it's no, I see you as the other. I see you as someone I need to bring down and you're the power, you're the problem. So let's bring you down. So it's, it's one of destruction in my opinion, mm-hmm. um, versus nursing and many others are let's help improve, you know, engineering, mm-hmm. let's, let's build, let's manufacture, let's, uh, let's help people. Um, so it, it's fascinating to see that. And because I was in public relations, I, I, had you know more electives and classes like that so i was i actually did take a few gender studies classes and i saw that and it was it was probably actually i do have to fondly look back on it because it was probably one of my favorite classes because i was basically able to argue uh, constantly and so i would just hear a terrible lecture and then i would just raise my hand and try to calmly refute it completely and nobody else was going to do that everybody else thought the same thing it seemed like so it, it became a little fun in that sense, but I was also nervous saying what I said because uh, people don't like people that disagree with them and people don't like 
um, altering points of view. They, they like diversity in, in their own terms, but they don't like diversity of thought mm. in the learning sphere. Just don't be caught walking home too late at night. Huh? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Just like, you know, they claim to be tolerant, but they're really not. The mm. second you disagree with their view, uh, you are a hater and you are evil. And it's never, let's actually walk into your shoes or let's have a conversation about it or let's hear your point of view. A hater deserves to be hated. Yes, yes, 100%. So <laughs> saw a lot of that, even in the good old state of Oklahoma, which mm. is like one of the most conservative states. That school is not conservative, to say the least. Mm, Far true. from it. Um, oh, yeah, and then this is going to be the last thing we're probably going to talk about. Um, I just thought of some tips on ways to save toilet paper just because so many people have been running out, and I, I'm so concerned you know, <laughs> I know that we're, we're really suffering right now. Conservation? Or? Yeah, yeah. So I usually don't think of this kind of stuff, but I, I did. So let's talk through each of those five ways that you can save yourself some toilet paper. So the first one is you could pee in the shower. People don't think about that. So usually my thing is uh, oftentimes before I shower, I use the restroom real quick. So I use some toilet paper. Instead, while I'm taking the shower with running water, I could just pee. <laughs> Right there. And it all goes down the same drain. And you clean your toilet and you clean your shower. So what difference does it make? Um, so, yeah, that's probably really gross to a lot of people. But I'm just going to tell you, a lot of people do it. So <laughs> gross or not, it is a way to save toilet paper. If someone were to come after you, would they notice? What do you mean by that? The smell? I don't think so. Because yeah. it's... it's uh, it's draining water and mm. soap is falling all over it. Mm -hmm. In fact, it's probably even a bit more sanitary if you think about mm. it. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, you don't use toilet paper for that time that you have to use the restroom. Does it take more water? Possibly, because the water that. is running. Mm -hmm. But then again, a lot of water is um, quote unquote. And then by the way, I don't think I, I don't think water is wasted. You know that that's one of my beliefs also. The ocean is filled with water. Italy, um, if you talk to the people that live in Venice, they would say that uh, there's plenty of water. <laughs> water <laughs> is on a planet. We all have water. How are we running out of water? When it's when water is drank or drunk, whatever, it is uh, peed out. And it, then we drink some more. And we don't run out of water. Water is water. So <laughs> I don't believe in, you're wasting water. Now, maybe you don't have to pay more for use of clean water, for sure. But there's also wonderful people that are scientifically figuring out ways to uh, filter water better. Mm. So I just, yeah, I, I have some strong beliefs about that. Well, there are parts of the world where water is many times in scarce supply, lower uh, rain table or water table, uh, lower amounts of rain per year. Um, well, even the western part of the United States has very severe water shortages many times. Um, and then, of course, you can get to parts of Africa and Sub-Saharan, all that areas where water is a huge issue. Of course, sometimes they can dig wells and uh, deal with that. Although there's a great need for that, which isn't probably going to be met anytime soon. Yeah. But anyway, getting back to the topic, yeah, what's number yeah. two? Man, Dad. <laughs> uh, Rab rabbit trail. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, next, the next way to save toilet paper is to just use one less square. And this is a little caveat on that point. 
Um, sometimes whenever I'm using the restroom, I will kind of do a two-in-one, save some time. So instead of getting some tissues, I'll just use extra toilet paper and blow my nose. You know, I'm there, so why not? And then also, like, you don't have to blow your nose in the office because people cringe every time you do that. So you could just get it all done in the mm. stall and call, call it a day. So, yeah, use one less square slash don't blow your nose with the toilet paper is another way for you to be able to save some toilet paper. Now, where do you blow your nose? Into the toilet paper. Oh, I thought you said not not blow your nose. Oh, oh the then would. Okay, sorry. That's a good point. Then you would just do it in the office and people would cringe. <laughs> yeah. So uh, you're either going to use toilet paper or Kleenex. Yes. And this is why, it, like, this is my whole point. If you don't waste something here, you're going to waste it there. Like everything that people think they're somehow saving or they feel happier about because, oh, they feel that they are accomplishing something. It's all a joke. And that's why, like, truthfully, all this is a joke. Because toilet my paper mind. is Kleenex. It's just in a different yes. form. Yes, it's all paper. It's mm-hmm. all in a different form. And we get so used to the ways that we like it. Oh, I want to use a Kleenex for my nose, my nostril, because it's smoother paper. Um, oh, well, toilet paper, that's a better texture. Oh, uh, paper towels. I need a paper towel for that. And it's all marketing. And it's it's psychologically, we believe these things. And that's why we buy these items and these products and I, I'm fine with that. I have no problem with that. But I'm just saying, uh, you think you're saving something. You're not saving anything. Like, you're no hero. <laughs> well, if you use less, isn't there a danger of it penetrating to your skin? Yes, and then you have more germs. Yes, that's what I'm saying. I don't really uh, agree with even any of oh, this. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so don't, don't use less. That is my personal belief. No <laughs> one's going to like that, though. Right. People get upset about that kind of stuff. I guess you could say, if you use less, then wash your hands better. Yeah, that's a good, yeah. Mm-hmm. But then you waste more soap and you waste more water as mm-hmm. you're washing your hands for mm-hmm. longer. Everything is wasted. But the problem is toilet paper. Yeah, and why, <laughs> yeah the other thing is, why, why, whenever you're using something, are you wasting it? Why is just you using something wasting it? That, that is such a negative word to use. You are utilizing something. You are not wasting anything. I guess people call it wasting when they think it's being used unnecessarily. Golly. But one could say it's not unnecessarily. Yeah, it's very necessary, in mm-hmm. my opinion. Um, number three is just use a rag and rinse it after each use. You know, you could... You could wash this rag with soap and just kind of let it hang on a little hook or something. And then every time you need to use a restroom, you just use that rag. I thought you meant use the rag instead of the toilet paper. That's actually what I mean. So you use the rag for your rear end? Yes. For number one and number two? Yes. And then you wash it with soap. That's going to be quite a rag. (laughs) Yeah, it is. No, I'm with you. I I don't like any of these. I'm just saying these are alternatives to save. (laughs) (laughs) and also it is that skin in that area is very sensitive and you're really actually not even supposed to use a rag to to wipe it Mm. um so it's that's why paper is better uh than a rag but if you are so obsessed with using less toilet paper then this is a good alternative (laughs) i guess is that kind of like going back to cloth diapers yeah i guess so oh that i should have put that just wear a diaper (laughs) <laughs> yeah and that wasn't one of my reasons you guys just got a bonus so. well depends uh, <laughs> my gosh <laughs> okay number four is buy a bidet 
Yeah, I, I think they're actually going to get more popular after all this. It's going to be the bidet of the day. I've never used one. Have you used one? No. I think in Japan people use them. I, I've seen them in other places. It's very big in Latin America. Oh, really? I didn't know that. But kind of more upper class. Yes, yes. I, I do remember seeing them in Miami in different places. Yeah. Because, yeah, for Latins, that seems to be more popular. But what do you do? Okay, so it's wet. What do you mm -hmm. wipe that with? You would still probably use the same amount of, you'd probably use more toilet paper because you'd have a lot more to wipe. That's so counterintuitive. You know, there'd be a lot more wetness. That's so interesting. Yeah. Um, I did. I was looking at Home Depot and I saw some very nice bidets if you're interested. Um, I saw them anywhere from like $200 or mm -hmm. um, there were some that were electric and they were $650. Can they um, function as fountains when they're not in use? Mm. <laughs> That's a good question. We should get one, Dad. They're very nice. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so if you're interested in investing in a bidet, uh, I know that very rich people have both. I don't know mm -hmm. why you'd have both. If you're just going to use one, use one. If, yeah, so I don't see the need to have both. Depends how you feel. Ah, uh, man. <laughs> Once again. <laughs> yeah, honestly. Um, okay, so yeah, that that's my other alternative. Well, instead of, if it's all cleaned out technically, couldn't, couldn't you just dry yourself with a towel? Couldn't you? I guess you could now... If you think about it, if there's been no soap, or would there be soap with the bidet? I'm not sure. I. But if there hasn't been, you wonder. Yeah, I guess if you used enough water, you'd be. Yeah. Pretty um, clean there. Yeah, yeah. You well, water should be able to do the trick. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Maybe not with uh, number two or three, <laughs> but yeah, definitely with number one. That's true. And that's what people do the most. Right. Yeah, you're not taking a shower in the bidet. Yeah. So. Yeah, come on. Um, okay, so number five. Possibly tell. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So number five, you're not going to like. Um, <laughs> don't drink as much water. <laughs> because, yeah, that's just, it's, you have to get up and you have to use the restroom more. I actually drink a ton of water. Uh, that's something that I, I like about myself, but then I also don't like because I am always using the restroom. Always. I, I probably waste more toilet paper than anybody else. Well, I think you have to defer to health on this one. Yeah. Because there's some very important organs of the body that um, really depend on water on a regular basis. Yeah. And a lot of people's lives are cut short by the decline of those organs, the function, declining function of those organs. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, I know, I know some old people and they just physically have trouble moving. And so... When they drink tons of water, they have to get up, bend down on the mm, toilet and mm -hmm. get up again. And it's really straining on their body because they're of old age. And so then they don't drink water and they die as a result. Mm -hmm. So I, as you can see, I'm being sarcastic with all of these. It's literally, yes, it's going to save you toilet paper, but is it good for you? No, I don't <laughs> think any, I think the pee in the shower is good. Um, number two use one less square, well, then you're going to have to wash your hands more, use the rag that could scar your uh, skin in that area, buying a bidet, if you want to waste that money. Um, yeah, so I actually don't believe in any of them except for number one. I think you're right. Uh, there's just not too much merit to those. Um, e even the rag, you know, to keep that clean, mm -hmm. I, I just kind of wonder about, yeah, you, you can't. 
if you wash it every time, you know, that's that's a lot of washing as well. So Oh, total waste of time. Mm-hmm. Like what, you got to stand there for three minutes and wash it every single time. Then you got to wash your hands. Then, mm-hmm. you, yeah, it's just, it's too much. And then if you go closer in time, it's going to be really wet and mm. soggy and nasty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I... Yeah, I don't really believe in it, any of these, but uh, feel free to contact me and let me know how you feel about these five ways to save toilet paper. But I'm sure people have been thinking of ways to save toilet paper right now, just because there has been slightly less. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess so. I wonder if, you know, environmentalists are trying to always be concerned about paper products and conser- conservation and all that. They probably would be into that. Yeah, I think that's, uh, this is a total rapid trail, but I think it's worth going on. I think that's what's been so funny about all of this corona. Um, it's really uh, a lot of the things that people are doing, reusing, recycling, is actually more germs being spread. So if you think about these bags that you take to the grocery store, these reusable bags, mm-hmm. they were actually causing more germs than just getting a fresh plastic one every time. So, you know, the environmentalists are totally against these plastic bags, yet um, Corona could possibly be spread more often with these reusable bags that you have. Mm -hmm. So a lot of these things uh, that the environmentalists speak for is hurting people right now. Mm. And I'm Mm -hmm. not saying always. I'm just saying right Mm. now, if your concern is of germs and all of that, then you should reexamine your environmentalist views yeah, they're kind of in conflict. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, it is. And it's so fun whenever ideas are in conflict <laughs> because then it causes you to re-examine why you believe what you believe. And I think that's a good thing to always do. Right. Yeah, I guess one could argue that maybe for a period of time you would suspend some of those habits um, in order to try to emphasize sanitation. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely. Yeah, so, well... That was really fun, Dad. Uh-huh. Yeah, thank you for that. Um, so, guys, I, I do hope that you enjoyed the show. And if you like it, please do subscribe and give this podcast five stars. And if you have anything, and I mean anything, you want to tell me, then email the show at windbreakerpodcast at gmail.com. And always know that I'm here for you. Not really, but we can just say it and it sounds good. So you guys have a terrific day and yeah, just break some wind for me, please. Whenever you break wind, I want you to always think of this podcast and think of me and just think of me smiling because that's what I would do. But don't use any toilet paper when you break wind. No, no, come on. And yeah, use as much toilet paper as you want because that's what I want you to do. All right. You guys have a wonderful day doing whatever you do.